Hey everybody, welcome to Campaign 3's Q&A. If I'm correct, this is really just for patrons, right? It's Patreon content. Thanks everybody, yeah. No bits, everybody. Everybody. Great. Hey, everybody. Welcome to (laughs) Campaign 3's Q&A. It's really glad to... I'm really glad to have you here. Uh, For now, we'll see how these questions turn out. This is is all the things that we got from all of you who decided to send questions to us about Campaign 3. Maybe some holes that were left open, and we're going to maybe talk about those. And um, But I don't want to get in too much, because maybe we're going to do a thing where we kind of do like a two years in the future type thing for patrons, and so I want to leave some of that available. But we'll talk about what in campaign uh, maybe you had questions about. So to start off, I'm just going to introduce the crew again, in case you happen to stumble on this as the first episode you're listening to us. So I've got with me tonight, ladies first, I've got Avon. Avon, who did you play in campaign three? Uh, I played Miss B. Haven. Um, she's a Twilight elf, and I played her up the rogue tree line. I did not multi-class. I feel like that's a shot's <laughs> fired, so I'll, I'll go ahead and ask. Uh, Shane, who did you play? Uh, I played Lucian Bright. Uh, he died a peasant's death. And then I played uh, Hume uh, Snuff. No last name. Oh, well, I thought it was Haven because he was kind of like adopted into. No, that that was bit. that he was offered to be adopted to the Haven family and feared that William would try to seduce him. Ah, it's a fair <laughs> fear, really. Mm. And knowing now that that could never happen, William or <laughs> William, she, William, who'd you play? <laughs> I played, no, I played Dwayne every day. I, I played Dwayne. <laughs> I played Dwayne every day. Dwayne the DM, even. Um, uh, yeah, no, I played William. Well, uh, I, I'm already miss all all your characters very much, but again, hopefully we'll do that little, little two years in the future thing as as a treat. I don't know. Don't don't hold us to yeah, a timeline. So line. feel free to like not hold back, Devin. If we don't end up executing on that, don't be holding that stuff back from everybody. Noted. Home is noted. Is noted. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, what I plan to do for this is I, I have to start with the one question I saw in there. <clears throat> if you're in here and, as, as a patron and it was you, I hate you. You're dead to me. Oh, great. Good. good start. A good start. <laughs> no, it was, it was very funny. It's um, a very good start. <laughs> no, you can't ever see bad things about anybody. You know, that's just... Well, I don't know what that thumbs up thing is. What is that? You monster. You I listened to Dave. Listen. I must have missed it. I may have stepped away from yeah, the audio you missed episode. It, that it, it was okay, a badass song that uh, I heard uh, everything else. Shane was doing a re- that one review with all the emoticons. I just, re- I just read and all so the emoticons. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Yep. No, it. I have heard that. I forgot. I've heard it yeah. not in that track, but thumbs yes. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, dragon, dragon. <laughs> earn, 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 earn. All right. Question number one. Why did you feel the need... To use narrative combat instead of regular 5e, I am not a fan. Would much rather <laughs> like you to use regular combat <laughs> roles. Well, first of all, not a fan. I'm Dad. Welcome to Campaign 3 of Lawful Stupid. <laughs> no, uh, seriously, I mean, it's a good question. Um, I think, and, and I probably will have my my companions here echo this. We've done a lot. If you've listened to camp- uh, any of our campaigns, a lot of the things we do character-wise item wise is homebrew and so what we did with that maybe what I'm thinking of is kind of what Shane and them had come up with was that that style of combat that we are using as narrative combat 
My execution may have been the thing that turned you off. I don't know for sure. Or maybe you just love 5e's combat rules. In either way, there was time I just... We like doing some things different. We like trying to spice it up a little bit. So that's my answer. Let me jump in and answer that one. And then I'll let Shane take the caboose. Um, as he often does. That is a mechanic that we that we built. And, and it was mostly at Shane's behest. But we've been through three campaigns. And campaign one, I 100% identified a need for... We're going to do this big, badass like scenario encounter... But I didn't want it to be drugged down by standard combat. So at that time, I just like, hey, we're going to be loosey-goosey. We're going to do a couple of rolls. And Shane in Campaign 2 did something similar uh, a couple times. Um, where it's like, it just doesn't make sense to break down in combat. And so as we were going through Campaign 3 and we had a break of time, Shane was like, hey, we really should get some, like, some rules written down. That way we can follow it and maybe other people will like it. So if you don't like it, that's your right. I think you're wrong because it brings some structure to some good, like, uh, nebulous scenarios and it's very flexible. So you can use it in chase scenes, you can use it in large warfare, you can use it in ship combat without having to get into the minutiae of combat. Not to say combat's not important, but it doesn't fit every scenario, especially for a storytelling um, focused podcast. Uh, hey, my name's Scott Chainsaw. I mostly wrote the rules for narrative hey, combat. So, uh, if you, I really was hoping you'd say hi. My name is Chainsaw. I'm the caboose. <laughs> I'm the caboose. Um, <laughs> really I am the caboose. I, uh, I I did a lot of. I would say I would say chief rules designer for for uh, <laughs> narrative combat five e. Yep. I um, came up with it mostly out of uh, a need uh, that stems from time. Uh, we have hour-long episodes mm-hmm. is what we try to con- try to stick to. Uh, that means that if there is a combat encounter and we run it, rules is written for 5e, sometimes that's like the bulk of two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people don't want to listen to 5e combat for like two straight hours. Um, it's not super engaging uh, to the audience. So narrative combat seeks to speed that up a little bit. It seeks to take fights that uh, are often in 5e referred to as slug fests, uh, just because of the kind of the way the HP scaling works in 5th in edition specifically. Um, it kind of cuts down on that and hopefully makes it a little bit more uh, engaging and exciting. Uh, leading into those big boss fights that of course uh, are always going to stick to the 5 year rule or um, mm-hmm. as Dwayne has done in one of the C4 episodes that's coming out in the future because narrative combat's still in C4 baby uh, mm-hmm. and uh, in that mm-hmm. scenario Dwayne had us run through narrative combat uh, up to the point where we got into the last enemy and then we dropped into traditional 5th uh, edition combat for that for that last enemy and that was cool and it was like the last part of the chase and it flowed and integrated really well and everybody got uh, a piece of what they like so we're not going to exclusively do narrative combat uh, but it's not going away and if you don't love it we hope that you stay by our side just like the people that don't love <laughs> the traditional 5v combat stay by our side mm-hmm. to get to that, that sweet sweet goodness that lawful stupid quality you love uh, I will next say question, this. actually. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, 
if you think 5e combat is slow and painful right now um imagine if Jinj didn't put his magic on it because i can tell you that Jinj yeah. does cut out some of the like oh hold on do i want to do this or let me yeah. just, just takes a lot of the the, the yep. meat out of it so which really speeds it up i can tell you i'm very slow uh at combat even if i know what i'm doing it's it's not a good time on audio format yeah you know by the time good. it gets to you things can change too it's like i know what i'm gonna do but then yeah. like, the environment has then changed. something happens so right like, before your turn you're like well that i've tried to prepare everything. for this to, yeah. yeah oh i've had that happen all the time you're like well fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh ne- next question abon um this one so i don't have who any of these questions are from so don't worry i don't know who you are if you write these in. This i do <laughs> Oh, do you? Do you see that? There's no, the form? I've got all the oh, that addresses, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's... So, yeah. I don't have that. Uh, Miss B needed more of her story explored. What do you you wish we got a chance to see from her, or where would you have liked to dive deeper that you think would have let her story shine brighter? Giggity, giggity. Hmm. That's a fun one. Um... I think it would have been really fun to explore more of Miss B's past, because uh, I have like a whole bunch of stuff kind of tucked away of what she did before mm-hmm. the KNG, uh, what she did like before the whole 600 thing. And I think my one regret is not letting Lucian, when he still had cleric powers, kind of like awake all those memories in her, because then that might have been more of an open door to explore it all. Uh, I just thought maybe we'll have more unlocked memories come up but it didn't really happen and maybe I should have pushed for it a little more uh so but I think it would have been exciting to be able to tell the story that she and Neo had like her adventure Mm -hmm. on I I had like a whole love story planned out even told Devin about it um she's like (laughs) I told him I really wanted this to come out he didn't use any of it (laughs) <laughs> you know um, what I'm saying is you could write a novella. I really, I think I, that, I that people would eat. I'd eat that up. Uh, write a whole fan fiction, put it on our Patreon, stamp it. It wouldn't be fan go. fiction because it's you. That's it's, that's oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just canon. Real fiction. <laughs> that's just canon. Yeah, that's just canon. Uh, but yeah, um, but like as a little taste, it was like uh. Neo's adventure with B, and they like go and steal fun artifacts out mm. in the world, kind of almost doing KNG esque work. Reverse KNG. Uh, yeah, reverse KNG. Steal it from the rich, uh, give back steal to the people the that need it. That kind of vibe. Okay. I, yeah, and I think, honestly, if you're ever feeling like you need to do something creative, that's probably a really <laughs> good outlet for everybody. <laughs> I'll, I'll write your fiction and put it on Patreon. All right. um, however, it does look like Zeebs in the chat is saying I should write naughty fiction with Neil. He in the would. Night. Mm, mm, <laughs> sorry, this is a wholesome podcast. Um, this uh, is gonna be the, the only episode without tier. the explicit I, tag. Yeah, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> Everything we do is very child friendly. So wholesome, H O L E. So gross. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is for William. Ooh. Whatever happened to the pen Eshi was living in? I cannot recall an episode that tells how she went from being in a pen to being inside your head. 
Yeah, that's a good question. That's because we didn't really address it um, on on screen at all. Basically, there's a moment where William puts his feet in wet slippers that B gave him, uh, and then he just went nuclear after a really long and frustrating day. At that point, um, Eshi's spirit kind of popped out of the pen and just was a part of him because uh, I changed classes from Warlock to the Homebrew Invoker class, so we didn't really address it. But he still had the pen. She just wasn't trapped in it anymore. Because it was the, the, the canonicalness is the pen was just the medium she used to tap into William. Um, but she was there the whole time. That's the theory behind that. I mean, I mean that makes sense to me. <clears throat> could have been. I mean, because that means it could have been like anything. Then, like it wasn't just a pen. Like if you lost the pen, correct. You don't lose Ashy, and so it correct. could have been anything. Okay. Cool. Um, Lucian, hmm. how do you get into character for Fume? And it says specifically Fume. Uh, there's like a cu- there's like a couple songs that I listen to. Uh, oh, here we go. Hold on. Oh no, no, is this song you're gonna make up? Because Jin said today explicitly that. If we made, if we did ridiculous songs, he would make more of them. So this is your, this is your oh, chance. Oh no, there's, there's like literally a couple songs that I'll listen to. Uh, one of them, I gotta hit my, my, my playlist up here. Uh, is it Mad one, World? one of them is, 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 is it Mad World? That was <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> one of them is Ebb and Flow, uh, by Larry and his Flask. Uh, and the other one is. Uh, it is Providence. Who does Providence? I can't remember. Poor Man's Poison, I think, maybe. Hmm. Okay. What, what, and what is it about? I will take it for what, what about those songs gets you into fume? Uh, what's what's there for people who haven't heard? Like, what's I don't haven't heard of those songs. It, like, it, well, if you go listen to the songs, they, they're like um, Evan Flow by Larry and the Splash, I think really covers the whole Lucian to fume journey um mm, and okay. even like the redemption arc uh out the, the other side uh and then providence is kind of the the angsty side of fume um kind of this fall from grace and uh rebellion against where he came from and who he used to be you know, I would love some other. I think all of your characters, be, due to the nature kind of the podcast, would be good. Like, there's that chunk of time, you know, from the time you are alive in your, like, what we call youth mm-hmm. or early years to where now you're heroes in the first time. There's all that stuff in between, you know, we kind of very little touch on, but opportunities. I mean, that fanfic. Yeah, if, if people want to write stories like what they think's going on, then I'd love to read that stuff. You know, it's funny for, you, you know, you talked about all the songs you uh, listen to. I just listened to It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, and then mm. I'm ready to play the world. <laughs> you ready to rock and roll? Nah, I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Who had a baby with my sister? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Caught you do it in the pen? It wasn't me. Did you help your friend steal my pants? It wasn't me. <laughs> that one wasn't. <laughs> oh, really? No, really, that guy said that was That was Breeze. I would Breeze I could those be songs. the other singer in that song. Uh, Neko seems to be a fan of Providence, so it's it's a good it's a good jam. Okay, I will listen to it. You'd like it, yeah. All right, a couple more. I have. I'm going to take two. These are going to be really quick. Uh, Devin, why don't you include the periods where you're leveling up? I'm missing these episodes, so I can keep track of the characters. I don't think it spoils anything regarding the story if, if you do. I agree. Um, I think. 
there I've heard episodes where they spend you know 20 30 minutes talking about levels up and what they get and I think there is some value to be like I'm level this here's a special thing I get and we could have done that and I just just didn't fail to do that so that's my bust I'll take that one um, we'll do that in C4 yeah he, he says we'll do it the right way and no, then, what I love about this is like oh these are things Devin didn't do that people didn't like C4 Noted. C4 C4 <laughs> <laughs> well that's a uh, dumb idea is, we're still doing narrative combat what is the what do you feel like is the biggest curveball that the players hit you with this season I think I've, I, this one they could probably answer this one for me when I started building this campaign probably uh, a year before it was my turn I was just I was so nervous racked with like you know a lot a ton of the what ifs you know what if it's not what if it's not good at all? What if they're not having fun? It was really good. Even if you listen and, and you don't like it, my biggest concern for my players was what if they don't have fun? Because if they're not having fun, you know, that's going to track out to you as listeners. So that was that was the goal from the beginning. And just knowing like Shane and how involved he is with like his love of puzzles and deep lore and um, and then Dwayne with story building. Um, and I hadn't played with Avon a whole lot. Um, I just know she's probably a little easier on me <laughs> with that. So we're going to just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay some attention to Avon, give her a cool story. These are the thoughts I had going into it. How do I give kind of these, these in real life players things they love about D&D? Um, so I'd started very early and it was all built around KNG was their hub. You're going to go out, you're going to find items. That's kind of kind of be the, the side quest and you're finding things until you stumble upon that one item that's going to change kind of how the story progression goes. Um, but when they decided that the K and G were the bad guys, I, I kind of crapped my pants that episode. I was just like, that was a big game changer for me. I had to really like veer some things. But what I'll also say is that also freed me up from being every single episode so tied to notes that I had written a year ago. Um, I was able to take some of those, half the stuff that happened after that, was never even thought about, and so I, yeah, I was. We never was had Mexu battles. Yeah, I know. So, well, that it came oh, up yeah. later. I wanted to do that. We, the thing is, I didn't want to keep drawing it out for the sake of things I wanted to show you because it didn't yeah. need to happen. You know, I sure. wanted to have it didn't need to happen. So, um, they did show up later on very quickly. You had you saw like Mex coming in at one point, wherever. But so that was kind of the biggest curveball I got. But I was, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm just thankful for it, honestly. Um. Beatrice, you again. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. I want the players to answer. What's their biggest curveball that we think we threw, Devin? Oh, okay, person. I like that. Avon, what do you think of the biggest curveball that you threw, Devin, was? Why do you have to ask me first? I was <laughs> okay. like, no, Shane. I have to think on it. <laughs> Shane, what's the biggest curveball that you threw, Devin? Maybe. And, and it doesn't count that you died because that was well, Devin. <clears throat> Maybe um, killing Ryan in the courthouse. I don't think you saw that one coming. Did not. <clears throat> that's true. Did not. That's that's my best guess. Okay, Avon, I'll buy you some time. For me, it was one of two moments, and they were all in the same the same like uh, scenario. Yeah. I'd count a third one, but that wasn't necessarily a curveball. You just weren't accepting it. For the first, it was um, unleashing everything in the basement on the KNG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of was like, fuck that. Does everyone die in the KNG now? <laughs> is, is it completely shot? But 
Yep. The second one was the fact that we were just going. I was gonna kill the director. And you had Breeze hard stop me. I think so I would I, have allowed him... It was it was me using Breeze to say, this is a part in the story uh, that you're not supposed to oh, do, but if you had no, pushed no, no. it, I, I would heard have been that. like... When, when Breeze took the hit, I was like, William wouldn't kill Breeze. Dwayne would. Dwayne <laughs> would kill Breeze. William wouldn't. Um, so I, I, I received that message, and William received that message, truthfully. Uh, the third one is that you didn't like the fortune-telling wall. But... I thought it was very funny as a theme that... I did. I thought it was like just going to be a funny thing, and you're like, nope. He thinks I'm gonna do this, this is a fortune. He's got to do it. But like all fortunes, they never come true the way you expect. He didn't end up killing the director because he saw the fortune, so it changed. Still a fortune telling wall. <laughs> still, I still can. Okay, I got it. I think it would have been my distrust of some of the NPCs Devin really wanted us to like. Ooh, like who? Ooh, uh, like who? Uh, Breeze. Oh, for sure. I definitely did not like him in the beginning. I was ready to like kill that man at some point because I thought he was going to be a double agent. Oh, Fair. yeah. I, mean, I was to like, get to the woods and was like just letting you fight dudes by yourself. He he was just mm-hmm. never was there uh, when shit went down. And Avon was like, yeah. yeah. Every time shit goes down, where the fuck are you at, Breeze? I'm there. <laughs> um, uh, and then I think there was also the magic seller man did not like him either. Oh, I think yeah. when Devin was just very pushy with some characters, like, hey, you gotta like this one. I was like, no. <laughs> this is pushing me the other way. I don't like it. Who, is it? Who are we talking about? He doesn't like it. Wachowski. Oh, Wachowski. Um, Wachowski. Wachowski. Yeah. Did not like him either. Um, and then there were the orcs. Those ones were weird. Um, but the they weren't works. as bad as the other two. Very loved, yeah. beloved heroes. Yeah, it's hard not mm-hmm. to love them. <clears throat> I will say this about Breeze. My one of my favorite jokes about <laughs> Breeze is the all three of the players independently just be like, "God, this guy's so cool!" <laughs> like, "Oh, he's so guy's so cool!" <laughs> like that was a very fun bit to play out. That was very fun. I don't think, and I don't know that Breeze was ever really intended to be like the beloved, but then once he like kind of formed a bond in the beginning, I was like, well, we'll see how this goes. And it's good. Worked out. Yeah, it's the Chiringo campaign liked him campaign in the end. Three. It turned around. You it's liked the, him in the end. <laughs> yeah, she accepted him when he was just like, yeah, everything's going to be all right, Breeze. Or uh, B, not Breeze. Uh, and she was like, cool, I'm going to take a nap with Fume now because I'm worn out. <laughs> Uh, next question was for Abon, but then it says it can be for everyone. If your PC died, and then I made you play an NPC that was already in the world as your next character, which one would you have chosen? Oh. Uh, I think it was Scarlet, the art teacher. Yeah. Uh, she seemed like a lot or of crimson, fun. Crimson, whatever, um, Scarlet Crimson. Crimson. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a red. It's a reddish. <laughs> uh, and I thought she would have been fun. It just been kind of like chaotic art teacher vibes. Um, and I think I would have would have definitely picked her. Plus, she also kind of already had a bond with Breeze in Devin's story background, mm-hmm. as well as Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Uh, that's where I would have gone. Dwayne, Shane, uh, either, either Breeze. Uh, if it would be if, if Hume died and stayed dead, and, and Breeze would have been like an avenging force for him. I think that would have been very funny. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or uh, I, I would really like to be uh, Groovy76. Groovy76. Yeah, he just like fucking wheels out from out of the bar like, time to protect my home from these demons. He's a, time he's, to he's, murder. He's got a shotgun. <laughs> And away. Uh, I would have played either the son of the queen of the sun elves, not Joffrey, the other one. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Or I would have played uh, Marguerite's uh, brother, who Lafayette. was like a like a caster. Yeah. Okay. And that those, was uh, those fun. Are... Old like, ha do what I want. <laughs> he was very much like that. Like, <laughs> just did not care about anything. Uh, okay. Yeah. Dwayne. Oh, yes. Uh, what prompted you to pursue the change from Warlock to Invoker? Um, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Uh, so the prep behind this campaign, the, the, the prompt that I was given by Devin was, we're not going to do a lot of combat. Like, just not a lot of combat at all. It's going to be very narratively focused. We're going to, like, we're going to do a lot of scenarios. We're probably not going to do a lot of combat. So I went, oh, cool, I'll get like a smooth talker, I'll do uh, charisma, I'll do warlock, I'll do, you know, it'll be fun, I got this cool genie thing, I'll hide the pen. Um, then we did a shit ton of combat, and my character wasn't built for that at all. I don't blame you, but my character wasn't built for that at all. It very quickly uh, became not fun at all to operate him in a lot of those scenarios just because he didn't have anything uh, in the tank. And so... Uh, Devin and I were talking and I was also in a very homebrewy mood for a couple weeks so I worked on the Invoker class and I really wanted to tie it deeper into his world um, still gave room for negotiations and some face stuff but it also gave him more depth I think um, than he had because his entire backstory was very loose uh, to allow for mm. movement um, and I think switching to the Invoker gave some more ties into the world for Devin to work with yeah, and I always enjoy because you guys are so good at like homebrew stuff. All of you, all three of you, are like much better than than I am. And so the stuff you come up with, I'm just always willing to be on board. Let's make it happen. And of course, I I don't know how to do any of the balance stuff, so I always you know relate to that to the team. But, yeah, I still think yeah. the Invoker has some tweaking, but I think it's it's a very complex class. You're spending a lot of different resources to do a lot of things in combat. What's interesting was it at times Williams could seem like a very like, selfish character, mm-hmm. but his class made him sacrifice himself to be able to use it. Yep. So I always found that that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Shane, yo, from Lucian committing to burials for fallen NPCs early on to his transformation to Lucian, uh, or excuse me, to Fume, uh, slitting Ryan's throat on the spot. What do you feel was the catalyst? For such a drastic change, and do you see him staying on a more brutal path, or do you see him continuing uh, a balance between the two? Uh, the question stems from a fundamental misunderstanding of the two characters, because they are two characters. Um, I played Fume as though Lucian had died, uh, and Fume was a new man, uh, and that was kind of always the plan. Uh, so there wasn't a transition from Sweet Lucian to Edgy Fume. Uh, Sweet Lucian died and then I rolled a new character who was called Mm -hmm. Fume and, uh, he had less reservations. Okay. I mean, that's the, I think even 
I didn't quite get that, I think. Because when we saw that, sometimes we were like, oh, where's Lucian? It's just like... And you never you never did go back and go, oh, I felt this way. He's, he's gone. He's he not died. there anymore. That you're talking yeah, about it was a rebirth, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, I'll take a couple more that are quick. What was your most favorite thing about DMing, least favorite, and how much do you think you've grown? Uh, tremendously is the answer. I think I've grown tremendously, at least as far as knowing some things that I should get better at um, and, and trying to be better at those next time that that comes around. Uh, favorite thing is just learning. I love to learn. And so it was just trial and error. And even though sometimes it's, it didn't feel great, I will still take that all day. I just will. Uh, least favorite thing is also the same as my favorite thing is, is times not knowing. And I just wanted it to be fun for everyone. And so when it wasn't fun, I, I felt like I could sense that a little more. And my players are always very reassuring. Hey, man, I had a great time. Maybe just this. But... Um, Least favorite thing is maybe just being ignorant to some of the things that um, could have made it a little bit better for my, my team. And then would you, oh, how would you add an aspect of any true friend can whisper my name, very C1 base, you know, whisper my name and, you know, how would you apply that to the game as a mechanic in your campaign? Um, you know what? I'm willing to probably just, if they were to say, hey, can I just create a portal that takes me to, like, the best place I've ever been? Like a hot dog stand? Yeah, sure. And can I just whisper the name of that hot dog stand and it happens? Yep, absolutely. So I probably would have a really good way, honestly, to, to do it. I feel like it could be, like, a trump card where, I think maybe I even kind of did that where At the end. Breeze and them come in through the doors, you know? Like, they just, like, magic in through that. So <clears throat> it probably would have been yeah. something very similar. You know what? You did kind of do that when uh, William's like, all right, I'm just going to go fucking open this, these doors. Yeah, I'll open this door, sure. And then, boom, a fucking army rolls out. Yeah, and I did not. I, some of the things I was just like, would it be cool if like I if this happened? Because I was like, I don't know how you're going to get these people in time. Because yeah. for me, it was like the time issue of like, there's a week left. If it took the, yeah, the you orcs set up a bunch two of weeks. pieces in a bunch of weird yeah. places, and you're like, "Fuck, I got to get them there." The Sun Elf Kingdom I, has a I lot of warriors. I literally opened the door for you. Yeah, yeah, and so that was last minute, but uh, I enjoyed it. I do love the it, complete improv, and in, in, in case anyone's wondering, the improv of me opening the door at the end and saying the same words that I said to go to the Midnight Meadow—that was a hundred percent improv, um, and that just worked out. Try to pick up on it. Try we try to try to be cool about the things we do, and that that works Rules out. Rules cool. Uh, Avon. At mm-hmm. one point, you drew a large portion of B's family tree. Were you disappointed that we didn't get to see more of that? Primarily, just her brother <laughs> and sister, because that's and that's a good question. Like you, you do have like a lot of extended. We did meet like a distant cousin, you know, in, in the headmaster, but. Oh, uh, I'm not disappointed at all. I figured with that zero to <laughs> 600 mm-hmm. uh, year thing, I figured most of them would be dead because most of her extended family were half elves to an yeah. extent. <laughs> uh, so it was just kind of like, eh, they're probably all going to be dead anyway. I wasn't disappointed that they weren't around. Like I did expect new family to be about since... 600 years ago <laughs> uh, more family should be made um, and all, some will be lost we all and swore <laughs> off fucking when Miss B disappeared <laughs> it was because of this None that she died the family's gone <laughs> no more babies well, well, we all give that. up Miss <laughs> B's the only one who can produce oh, yeah, milk for the young 
I'll, I'll she, tell you a fun fact about Avon. Any character that she makes that she loves, she'll draw a family for them. Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah, I have several sketches from like Obix's family, family trees, and Obix and Kristoff babies. They're all in my like forever holders of things. Yep. Mm, but yeah, I've, I'm not disappointed. I knew they would all be kind of like tossed to the NPC side. It's more for like my internal knowledge and happiness. And I could probably tell you details of <laughs> things that would never come up. But be like, yeah, I have all of this off to the side. Will it be relevant? No. But I also kind of like world building in mm-hmm. the people area rather than the actual like setting places. Again, more you could just do little families one-offs. What like paragraph about the, the different family? You do family, family portraits. Yeah, family reunions. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. gonna be a fun time. She's like, I gotta go uh, do a thing. You guys can finish the Q and A without Bye. me. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Um, let's see, Dwayne. Recommendations for how to get first timers invested in the game so they don't play D and D like it's Skyrim. I'm not sure entirely what's meant by that. So I guess you get to take uh, it I however you want. I, I mean, if, when you ask a question like that, how like do you get the D&D and not min-max it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'll tell you when I learned. Um, I, I, I really like building my characters to be effective. Um, that doesn't mean I have to play them effectively by any means. But you'll never see me play a wizard without like a plus three right, right out of the box. Um, I'm not gonna do it. That's that's insane um, to intelligence for my spells. Um, there's a lot of people who think there's good fun in that. Uh, I like min-maxing my stats and characters. I don't always do the most efficient thing. And what I say to you is, build the character, get in their mindset, and just understand that you can do a dumb thing or do a thing that you know isn't like a player like a good decision but i mean your character would do it right like that's there's a lot of times where william got really aggressive um and he just didn't need to be but like who william was with the invoker stuff it, it all made ways way more sense to me uh throwing back to c2 delmore God, the amount of positions Delmore put himself in for family, for his knights. I mean, mm-hmm. Delmore has probably made some of the dumbest decisions ever from like a player standpoint. But from a character standpoint, they all made sense. Like he fought with everybody in his party a lot of the time. Um, and he put himself in, I mean, ultimately gets captured. And I mean, to Shane's chagrin, he gave mercy uh, like eight episodes in because Delmore turned around the fucking boat and was like we're gonna fight those fuckers because my boy's <laughs> up there um so you just gotta find a character get in their headspace and no regrets man if they die just make another one just make another one rest in peace can I add on just a little yeah, bit yeah please like just um have fun with it as well Like, yeah, you can min-max it, but also, I think it'd be really... I have a paladin in another game, and she hella dumb. Would I dump instat? No. (laughs) But that was kind of like a choice to make the stats kind of nice across the board, and I had a negative eight. Mm. Or not negative eight. Had an eight. It's a horse. (laughs) Negative two hands. But, like, it's more fun uh, to do different things kind of thing and that's the point it's a game 
So if you have fun min-maxing, go ahead, but also... What flavors would make it more interesting for you to stay along and keep playing? Yeah, I would say uh, yeah, well the other some of the most Zebra of the fun is in the failure. In chat. That's true. Zebra says up in the chat, and it's not about min maxing; it's about optimization. Like you don't have to mm. be min max to have your character feel good. Mm -hmm. I interpret the question differently, in that they're oh. saying. Um, how do I get them to play D&D and get them engaged with the story instead of playing D&D like it's Skyrim, which t tells me they're like hands off, they're detached, it's like they're playing a video game, they're not invested in their characters oh, okay. or the story. That. If you play it, my, in my advice, which is unsolicited, but here you go, uh, my advice is you're playing an in-person game, you can have a lot of fun with props and environment. Um, mm -hmm. You might have can trip candle mm -hmm. that matches your setting, you can hand out, uh, you know, torn up bits of a map that you cover in tea or coffee and put in your own oven to make it look aged and you tend to be the hand of different players and they have to put it in. But there's a lot of cool ways you can do that at the table in person and if you're not, um, my secondary advice is uh, scared players are engaged players. Scared players? Yeah. Uh, hey, can can we reopt uh, Campaign 2's tagline to just Campaign 2, the Sapphire Seas? Just scared players are engaged players. Because facts. <laughs> Exhausted players are engaged players. How do I get some sleep? Yeah, you gotta be careful though. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, okay. Let's see what we got here. Next is uh, Shane. Yo. And it, it kind of says for everyone, well, what was what was your favorite thing about your character? And if you had to, and I would say obviously you had to, kind of what was your favorite part about Lucian and Fume? And then we'll pass that on to the rest of them as well. My favorite part about Lucian um, was that he just cared about every single person around him more than he cared about himself. Like universally, he just very selfless. Yeah, cared about the people that he came into contact with. And I think it's a really admirable trait. Um, for Fume, I think my, the thing that I like best about Fume is that he could still laugh and have fun and steal guards' pants. And uh, even though he very literally felt like he was like the burnt up remains of some something else somebody else he was still able to to laugh through that hmm do that hey Bob do I <laughs> um for B I think I really loved that she was very much in love with family and bonds and like creating very deep um, connections with people. Uh, all that surface level stuff, she would definitely toss it out the door and not really care for it. And that's why she's kind of like guarded up front. Um, but I, I kind of loved her love of people once she actually fell in love with them, no matter what kind of bond they actually had. I love my answer because it is opposite of both of yours. I like that <laughs> William didn't give a fuck about anybody, truly. Um, while he cared about his partners, at one point he blew up an entire room that they were in. Right? <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. William cared for the greater good. 
No, it, it was very almost Lawful Evil-esque, even though that wasn't, like, really my intention to play it that way. Um, he was going to solve the problem, and he didn't care if he hurt other people or himself. Obviously, he had degrees of, like, hurt bad guys, good. Hurt allies, not great, but do bad guys get hurt? Okay. <laughs> also hurt self the entire time, so it's fine. <laughs> it was very fun to play that way. <laughs> that was a good answer. I mean, and all of those are very true. Like, we could see that with, and you could pick any part of that, I think. For me, the one that stands out for Avon and that and Miss B is probably Dean, as you see that develop over time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. The fucking metal armor. Uh, William said it would be cool. Oh, it's just <laughs> dirty. Let me clean it. Thanks. Is this better? You like this better? You give terrible advice? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. All right, so I'm going to knock out a few of these quick ones for myself. We're, we're nearing the end um, of the questions. So I like this one. What was your favorite part of the campaign? I think the first time that I just got like a super high from being a DM was probably the train sequence that we did where they're fighting on top of the train. That was very, very fun. No. Uh, and, and I had a great time doing that. We got a lot of good feedback from, from a crew and then even, you know, late, days later in Discord. That always feels good to see like hey great job really love this and I had many many people along the way that would would, would uh, reinforce or encourage me uh, as a DM along the way and so I, I thank everyone who took the time out to say hey man great job keep up the good work um, even initially wasn't the best you still that was very kind of you so thank you did anybody tell you that train mending was a cool spell uh, I, I did a google and there was a guy who has read it and he actually <laughs> oh, okay. the, yeah. he actually has like an upgraded uh, mending spell that if he used it at the ninth <laughs> level would fully fix a train in just like a second. Oh, okay. So yeah, that wasn't a Devin. Thanks to that Reddit user, he's probably dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I mean, it's because somebody killed him. Because they're like, you, you're not gonna make Devin right. This is a dumb spell. Hey, so what my, was your favorite <laughs> moment? Yeah, what was your favorite moment? Shane, what was your favorite? I love how you always throw Avon. Like we have I'm like usually prepping it with like, "Hey, I want all of you to answer this question," and then you're like, "Avon, do it now." Uh, no, my favorite moment um, is not like anything in particular. Like I enjoyed the campaign as a whole. It's more of like what happened off camera and stuff. So like Devin presents us a whole story, and my favorite moments is when he gives us these story little tidbits, and I'm off on the side trying to like come up with a theory, and I'll I'll like shoot Devin a message and be like ah, i got an idea I, this is brilliant here you go <laughs> or um or I, I talk to some of the patrons and be like okay but what what if this entire situation and anything that kind of like spurred on more of my storytelling mm -hmm. things to either bring back into b or just kind of like talk off to the side to devin because i like here's all my ideas i need to spit them out somewhere here you go have have my feelings <laughs> So when Devin would have those storytelling moments, that was kind of more of my shtick. Well, thank you. You know, I think in, in part of me being a DM, and we had talked to this several times, there was one, you know, thing when, when Lucian died and Fume became, that, that episode in particular had a lot of, like, we had questions as players then. It was, that was probably the most difficult part of the campaign for me was, hey, this is D&D. &D you can't not let a character die. Like, that's just the dice. And so then I was like, well, gosh, you know, I, I believe strongly that we're telling a story, characters should survive, but you've got people who are experts that have been playing this game for a long time and say, well, no, people listen because, again, the fun can be in the failure. And so 
for me, it was like, okay, you know what? They're right. This is me learning. Let's go back and see what happens. And so we did re-record a portion of that. Um, and then that's, that's how Fume comes about. And so I think probably I come from a more secure position of scripted type things. Like that's what I learned, but also that's not what D&D is. That, that's writing a script. And so having to learn that was an obstacle as well. And so, yeah, I fed a lot from whatever Avon would send me and be like, well, let's put it in there. We're gonna, it's in the script now. Like, we're going to put it in there. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? What's your favorite moments or moment? Uh, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, mine is not a moment. It's a collection of moments. Um, and they were, they were, at first, it was like, just kind of like getting uh, used to it. But once I got used to it, I very much enjoyed the six E moments. Um, believe it or not, like I, I laugh at them and, and joke about them, but um, there was something very freeing about like, oh, Devin's like loosey goosey with the rules. So like, look for those opportunities. Um, and, and that was very fun. I enjoyed that a whole lot. I... My favorite moment was Devin's least favorite moment. I really enjoyed uh, Lucian dying. Uh, <laughs> so ominous. <laughs> I I don't know. I never had a character die in D and D before. Um, I've been playing for a long time. I've never had a character die. I'm just really good at it. Uh, <laughs> and, so I've never died before. Uh, and I, I don't, that moment was was uh, tense and frustrating but when we went back and we did the re-record and i got uh i act out that death scene i wept like a baby and abon cried mm-hmm. yeah Avon cried and dwayne i did dwayne i i saw him sniffle i don't think any tears came out but i saw a sniffle from dwayne and uh, Devin was just confused like how do i dm <laughs> what do i do I'll, I'll tell you what let me let me add on to that, Shane, because you talk about that scene, and I had forgotten a little bit until you just mentioned. Um, that's one of that's one of my favorite moments too, because um, that was a moment where the DM was broadcasting heavily. Devin was like, "Y'all don't want this, right?" We were getting those mm-hmm. vibes of like, "This is not a fight you want to take," and. Shane, as a player, went. Nah, Lucian wouldn't let that fly. Mm. No, yeah. just it, it, it was. It was that. It was that second murder right in front of him. I was just. It like, was yeah, for no reason. Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. I, William, fueled by rage and seeing his Lucian not back down, he's gonna yeah. back him up. And so I think, and Mrs. B's. These are her boys, right? So that was a very like character-driven choice to go into a like. An uphill a fight battle. you couldn't handle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny is like things you you talk about like what ha- what changed and what you do not expect. I fully expected and I built that like train gang with the intent that they would be become a pivotal part of our crew, like calling on them later. Like they would help this crew get this item, um, and then th- they would be like, "Hey, come get us later." And they didn't, they you know, wrecked half of them. Fume goes back and, and destroys them all later. Um, and that's so things never turn out, you know. You can plan all you want, and the, you just have to let the dice roll and the characters take control of, of how the story goes, is, is what I learned. That kind of also played into B's, like, 
Devin's trying to make me like this character. No thanks. No, and I just had to, I had to learn to live with, like that was hard for me to get is like, I have a story to tell, but that doesn't mean anything because it's our story, not my story. And so yeah. if you're hearing this, just know like you can have some really cool stuff in your story that you, like if it was in a book, it would be really cool to read. But that's just not how it goes necessarily. It's the little characters that end up being the best. The ones mm-hmm. that you're not like focused on, right? Like that like like honestly Findle being such a big part, like I had him pegged as like, oh he'll have a, enough of a part to get people going. But they ended up latching on to his bullshit personality. Uh, the door, right? Um, uh, rail is a good uh, thing. I don't think Shane ever envisioned rail becoming such a, a pillar of our story. Like, I know you built the crew to be very unique and individual, and all the crew was, honestly. But I don't think you expected Rail to, to take the, the spotlight that he did. No, Correct me if I'm wrong. No, not at all. Yeah. You, 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 you never know what's going to happen. Um, my favorite thing about the ending is uh, coming up with NPCs. And my my big advice to, to dms is love each one of your npcs as much as you love your your characters that you that you play as um and if you can do that you're gonna really 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 have a good time and and then no matter who the party ends up falling in love with if you love all of your npcs uh you're at least a little bit then you're gonna get something out of it love your villains too Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I, that's you know that's a good point because we're getting close, so we can talk about kind of the stuff we have. But the villainous part, which I could have used to work on, I think in C three, but also left it open because that that creature thing that escaped from Nova has gone somewhere. Where I don't know. That's where I. That's where we left that open. Like, what is that? What was that thing? Why did that grow? So leaving that open. So like, I tried to make her creepy, but you know what really made things creepy? Ginger's music. Yeah. <laughs> um, which leads me yeah. kind of to this next question we have. It was in episode 58. Oh, no, sorry, what was it? Blah, blah, blah. They want to know who the voices were that were played kind of when Fume steps on that, that last the landing. And he hears, hears those voices. And we, we know now it's the voices that are coming from the souls that are in that orb down in the... That, some of those, are two of those are my kids that did that. And then I pulled it up just so we could see who else had contributed um, Nick was one of them. Dwayne did several for me. Um, I can't remember if anybody, as far as people putting their own stuff up there, but there was a few of us. And so, man, that was much creepier than I remember uh, hearing. So, heard it in the that's real weird. He went back and added it to the yeah. song, too. And in the middle mm-hmm. of the soundtrack yeah. today, it was yeah, just no. like, Mm-mm. hey, yeah, oh, it's, it's a fun soundtrack episode, do nightmares. Kill me. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to put Don't this on to take a quick here. nap. Help me. Oh, well, guess Dude, I'm taking well, a nap. You want to know what he did? Hmm. Or do, I'll, I'll tell you this little tidbit. Yes. Give us all the tidbits. Gin, like, he makes his songs, right? Uh-huh. And... It for FYI, I'm Ginger's wife. If nobody knew oh, that at this point, that makes sense. Oh, so he that makes he, more sense. he comes oh, in like I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'm reading my little stories, and he's like, "Cool, I finished the soundtrack. Want to listen to all the things?" And he's like playing all the things, and he's skipping through some of them because he doesn't want to play everything because that's an hour. And I was like, "I'm going to fall asleep, and maybe hopefully the next thirty minutes." And he goes on, plays all the things, and then gets to the creepy one, and he lets that one play. And I'm just Why like, "Why are you doing?" I'm trying to go to bed. I'm going to have nightmares. What are you doing? 
That's the effect that sure that train should have on you as you go through it. I I like the idea yeah. of him mixing that song and like perfecting it and just coming out with like new additions and just like I just have to keep going until my wife cries. Like once 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 she starts weeping out of fear, I know it's ready. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. I mean, up, I, I am part of his <laughs> audience that's the, when he shows That's the remix. We all, hey, Jin, you said we came up with any wacky things. Make the ghosts a banger. Make the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Just make them thumbs okay. up, thumbs up, thumbs up, jacket, jacket. Help us. Help us. Take us. Help, 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 help. We can't do it without oh, yeah. you. <laughs> You, you, you. Yeah, see, that's a, that's oh, a man, You can set us free. Ooh, some, like, some, like, creepy house music. I know Jens could do Haunted some Haunted house, house music. music. Oh. Oh, my God. Yes, please. We'll it's need terrifying. it. We will need it. We will need it. have a Halloween episode. The darkness. Haunted house music is fucking... I gotta... Work my, cal- <laughs> work my calendar. He's on a plane right now. Texas. <laughs> I'm on a plane. Um, What's the next question, Devin? <laughs> <laughs> what were the easiest and most difficult parts of creating the story in World of Nove Terra? World building can be extremely fun, and it can be extremely exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. And you can do a whole lot of work for nothing. And so what I mm-hmm. Dwayne gave me advice that I give to everybody else who's ever told me, and I... I'm sure he's not the first person to have thought of this, but it may simplify things for me so much. Know the general understanding of your world, the laws, the people, the cultures, how it's operating. Just have a general, if if I go to any town, how is it kind of operating? Because there's going to be things that change within that town or that city. Obviously, they have their own set of laws and customs. What's the general feel of the world? Then let your players just explore, and it's just as much fun for you to improv and build with them as it is to world build by yourself. Um, so that's what I've to expand on that. Yeah, to expand on that slightly, think of it like uh, you go to Europe, you go to Ireland, Scotland, Germany. All of those countries are going to have fields, and inside of those countries, they're going to have regions, and each region will have its own like feel. Like North Germany and South Germany are different. If you can just get that in your head, all the other details don't matter. You can make them up as you go. Sandbox, baby. Mm-hmm. No, here's the thing. Just, no, I don't do that as just, much, but that's oh. my advice. <laughs> Make NPCs that you love. Players mm-hmm. choose to interact with them. Not sure how to connect this NPC to the world? Use another NPC. They're cousins. Uh-huh. Mm. Big brain. Everything story. Big brain. How many cousins does he have? We've hated every person, but they're all cousins. Well, I need you to interact with the big drug boss for this next encounter. So he's got a cousin's a big drug boss. Perfect. Uh, Dwayne, if William had lived long enough to find out he had an unborn child, how would that have played out in game? Obviously, he couldn't stop adventuring while Nova was trying to literally destroy the world. But would he have, would he have settled down afterwards? Oh, that's a good question. So, so um, fun fact, Devin like actually brought the kid idea to me and I immediately said I don't want to role play having a kid I, I don't want to do that for William um, because it just uh, William having a kid was a really hard thing to uh, structure but if, if you're asking me how, how would I have answered that I, obviously William has to go save the world so ultimately I never would have ran into it but if I did um, I think William's answer would have been uh, to put, a, put aside his womanizer ways 
um, still be a bit of a womanizer at surface level and like flirty and whatever, but never actually betraying his uh, betrothed should Marguerite actually keep him. Um, and then I think becoming an invoker teacher. Uh, I think because he was supposed to be a teacher at the K&G when we were supposed to have like roles. And then of course the K&G turned out to be an evil. Uh, <laughs> we had to get out. We had to escape their clutches that we had to escape it. And of course he had to overthrow it, but he did enjoy the teaching aspect. So I think he would have been a, a teacher in um, Angel's Grove. Cove. No, Angel's, Angel's Grove. Cove. He would, he's it, gone through the door. Power. He's now in Angel's Cove or Grove now. So. Angel's Grove is different. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this I'm is kind of one for everyone, and we we kind of are, we we all know the answer. But this is this is us giving some of those sweet deeds to people. It was for William initially, but was William's death planned early on, or was it a spur of the moment decision? And I would expand that to say uh, your stories of how it happened, and then how we kind of discuss it because it did evolve. I mean, we I can specifically mm-hmm. like the biggest one that changed a whole bunch is Shane's. Like there was a whole a whole story there we had, but just as the story was kind of going, it just. I, I, as a DM, couldn't get it like expertly to, to play out that way, so we veered a little bit uh, in how that went. So I'll let you guys talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, so w- one of the things that it was C1 is uh, when we knew we were planning a wrap-up, um, I just reached out to the characters and say, hey, what is something you want your character to achieve before uh, we wrap this thing up? Um, not to say it'll execute the exact way you think. Uh, so Devin did the same thing. Um, and I, I just was like, you know, when we were talking about it, I, I think it'd be cool if William sacrificed himself, whatever that looks like, just but put himself before everyone else. Because the entire campaign, you can, if you pay attention, um, and I think I executed this pretty decently, he comes from a very asshole, selfish person to selfish, but the more he's like selfish and like antagonistic, it's to help people, right? Um, or the help the greater good. So ultimately, having him put himself on the line uh, for everybody else, that was what I, I asked for. So I think Devin did a good job of um, executing that. Thank you. I don't really understand the question. So I, so for you all, your endings, I guess they're saying is your, the how it ended for you, was that planned out early on? Or Obviously, we, we already know the answer is kind of that, but how do we, I guess, how do you think we came to that conclusion of where we were? Uh, I'll tell you, for Shane's, we had had a thing. What's, what's that anime you watched and you were like, hey, I love this because... Like the dad and the mom, I can't remember what it was, but we talked about putting the souls. Oh, you know, it, he, in the- it kept, it kept uh, feeling like um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, I believe, is what we were talking about. Yeah, because what the whole thing was, it was going to be like his dad somehow, not as it wouldn't yeah. be like his biological dad, but like this baby who was mm-hmm. Lucian was brought to this man who pretends to be like working for this church of Nova. Right. He's really just a terrible man. He he abuses mm-hmm. uh, Lucian is and it's just it's terrible. And so, but he grows up being a servant of Nova, but all this time he's actually had the kind of the essence of Kinos and him actually and yeah, the person was, who brought he was him was prepped as, 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 a, as a vessel from a very young age because uh, he was an orphan he doesn't know who his biological parents are uh, but this this high priest guy kind of takes him in and he thinks he's being communicated to directly by Nova but it's not Nova it's really Kinos 
preparing his own vessel because he wants he, he sees this upcoming crisis and I guess wants to be in a position to to, to have influence on it so so we veered from that a little bit because again yeah. I could not get I couldn't figure out that I'm sure you could just like magic and, and here's the here's his old paps again but we didn't yeah. do that instead uh, what you brought to me what do you, how did you phrase it for me that you wanted to do to him uh we kind of discussed about like the nature of all these souls and uh, how they were how they were powering this apocalypse um, and these sleepers and, and, and not sure where that that was gonna go and I kind of offered up fume as like well you know he's already got this black scale because because for a while there, the plan was everybody, the whole cast was going to be invokers at some point. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody would, would, would find their scale or whatever and awaken. Um, and then we ended up using the scale as, as, cause, cause the, the, the lore you'd already established from way back of like the monstrosities that were created with the black and the white scale and mm-hmm. moving souls and, and, and using that power and how it kind of came, came to bed. And I was like, well, okay, why don't we go ahead and take that and, uh, we'll have, Hume become kind of uh, a vessel again, uh, but this time for for all the sleepers, kind of like a a, a life raft or like um, Orson Scott Card speaker that speaker for the dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of. You're like an ark for the souls. Exactly. The souls. Yeah, yeah. Who would otherwise either be consumed by this malevolent spell or be lost? So. Yeah, and I love that he does that. And so, like now he's, you know, he's got generations of, of different people who now reside within him. And honestly, that's one of the things I would say. Where, do, where does that? What does that look like for him two years from now? And that's right. what I want to see. And I hope that when we get together to do that episode, that that's going to be amazing to see. I can't wait to see what you decide to come up with for that. How that looks, Avon. Well, for one thing is I had to go back and see what exactly I asked for. Because I was like, I don't quite remember what I asked for. Um, But basically, it was... I wanted B to have kind of like a happy ending if we did not die in this big old fight. (laughs) I would march into our suicide for sure. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I would have died, man. And I kind of expected her to (laughs) die there. Uh, um, But like... I always wanted to see the happy ending, uh, like her be happy along with any of the friends they made along the way, and like see and help and foster like peace between the sun, moon, and twilight elf kingdom things going on, um, and kind of got that. I was uh, saying, do you feel like you got that? <laughs> um, I don't. I feel like she kind of got the happy ending, but also kind of like she's in a weird kanji position to where I've already told Devin like more of the stuff I kind of thought would happen while she's taking like, over director as kanji. Yeah, I don't imagine she sees you much. She definitely doesn't see William. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like the people that the friends she made along the way. She might see little Will. Uh, weren't that? Uh, yes, yeah, true. For a little bit. She, she does for have a little well yeah. um, for a few years. <laughs> um, but then there's also, like, 
Um, I kind of also wanted her to somehow take care of Nova. Yeah. Like yeah. as we got closer towards really the ending. Cool. Yeah. Um, because then we've built B up, kind of be like this mother figure within the party, and like to some of the others as well as we kind of like met other people. Yeah. At what point does she marry Uni? Yeah. Uh, can, can, I, can I share something about the end? Kind of to touch on that? Yeah. I had like a same vibe in my head um, that I wanted to hug slash forgive uh, Nova. Like that, like, like, mm-hmm. so like there's a scene in, in the end where like it ends up being kind of awkward where Fume's just like, Hey, if you put the moon back in the sky, like, I promise I'll do my best to help you, like, to, to see your boyfriend and stuff. But, like, I, I was like, oh, man, she's not close enough. I can't hug her. She's, like, floating in an orb in the no, sky. Okay. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but I really wanted to, like, I wanted that reconciliation. I, and I, I had even played around with something along the ideas of, like, well, you did this bad thing. You killed Lucian, but then Lucian was a clone and then he died and now like I'm the only one left who can forgive you for that so like I do forgive you but it, it, it did not did not come across that way but I, I was, was vibing hard during that whole scene because I was just like yes that is exactly I wanted to defeat Nova with the power of love and forgiveness <laughs> yes all along that's what yeah, I, that's, that's oh no I was stoked I was like oh yeah so first you get him with the punching and then Oh, hugs. Forgiveness. <laughs> then hugs. <laughs> um, and and if I'm honest, what, what happened was I did a terrible job that last episode with kind of what I consider to be the wrap-up. I think if, if we had published the initial bit, you would have had many more maybe questions for, for this this session. Like, hey, this... And I think a lot of things I meant not to answer, to leave it open-ended purposely. Uh, so then we did it. We did go back in kind of the last. It's a lot of me talking then, but that's the point was for me to kind of put a, a nicer bow in some of those things to kind of circle around to the things that we had missed, uh, but give all the players like hard line stances. We know where they're at. We know what they're doing and we can dream up kind of what happens next. So I you all you, did man. get a, a revised kind of last part there. Yeah. Um, okay. That's just about the only last, the last one I have here that's kind of for all of you is um, what would your character's favorite dessert be if they had one in this world and why? Uh, blackberry cheesecake. Oof. I almost want that now. I want it now. Da-da. I think B would like the angel cake, but like the whipped cream on top would be like made with like a soft hint of honey uh, in it. With some strawberry blaze. Very mm-hmm. nice and light and fluffy. Uh, since Lucian's need, time he, he in the cake. dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fume, fume's, so diet con- fume's diet consists of protein shakes, falcon eggs, and rocks. Uh. <laughs> It's, it's, training, it's, 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 it's training regimen that Breeze put Lucian on back in the day and just stuck with it. It's just can't, can't get enough of the taste and the texture. All right, so Rocky Road it is. Rocky <laughs> Road. <laughs> Correct. 
Great. Um, do you guys have any questions for me before we end these? Do you have like one piece and then we can, we can kind of wrap up? I think so. I think I have a question for Shane because um, I saw it a couple times in Discord. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on your chess game? Like on what no. you were doing with the shadows? And oh, those uh, were? <laughs> so or do you want to leave it open? Uh, so... Fume was at the, at the end of the story. He is he is conversing and he is he's getting the stories um, from all of the, the sleepers, all the souls that what he does discussed. He was kind of an arc for that he kind of um, has, has saved. Um, the idea being that the unique perspectives and experience of a thousand sleepers would be immeasurable for this world that is kind of uh, missing guidance going forward in this in this absence of the gods um, and he's just trying to, to learn and, and get smart enough to help cool, cool, cool. so I have some nice Oh, uh, one thing I did want to mention. So you mentioned, did they? Is there any reconciliation between the, you know, like the elf kingdoms? One thing I mentioned specifically in the end is like now you can see the Sun Elf Kingdom from a distance, so like it's no longer right. hidden. So I wanted to get mm-hmm. that just that little nugget to let you know they have stepped back out into the world. Now what that looks like because they're pretty ignorant, as you saw going into a lot of things. But something has changed to where they now anyone can see them which I believe I'm trying to hint at progress with them there so, I don't know about the moon elves they're still pretty BA and they like to be to themselves as far as we know I do that That maybe would be something there's so many things there's one last question that was in here was like what would you have liked to have touched on more and there are so many things but there are too many things you know what I'm saying so I had to, I had to take my players roll the story they were in put in what I could when I could as side quest or things but I you, I guarantee you asked I mean Dwayne we're on a different different continent we never got to and see you know seven eight nine when we get to that could be a different you know continent so it's just like our stories are stories and we'll constantly build on those there'll never be enough time for us to ever get to all the things we want to do there's a whole continent not explored in Shane's campaign you know what I'm saying so like we go to see the vast majority Five. yeah and so Not we're on life. so your stories get what you can in while you can enjoy it have fun with the players let them explore the land you have build as they they explore just have a good time with it uh, coming to the end I don't know if you guys have any last words not about this just in general for for I would say people who are listening and never played uh, Dungeons and Dragons, we have a lot of those coming to Discord and say, hey guys, what advice do you have? So I think giving ending with a little tidbit from each of you might be helpful. Uh, ladies first, if we want to do it that way. Of course. Um, my advice for anybody new coming into D&D, um, have fun. Play by 6E until you get it right. Um check on information wherever you can, whether it's free online or you actually pick up a DM's uh, book or the player's handbook. Uh, But overall, just have fun. Maybe see if you can get a party going. Ask your friends. Ask strangers online. I don't care. Do what what you gotta do. (laughs) Just have the absolute most fun possible. That's the only goal. And whatever it takes for you to get there, 
if that means adding rules or taking rules away or completely changing rules or uh, you know playing with a huge party of ten people or playing with you know your two best friends whatever it is whatever in the world makes you happy at your table do it my answer is going to be uh, Shane adjacent which is um, <clears throat> your table is not our table our table is not critical roles table critical roles table is not dimension 20s table make your table your own play with some friends evolve together don't expect another person's table to be like your table make your table a fun table awesome and as we mm-hmm. always tell the people that we love Oh, we doing that? Okay. okay we okay, have okay. to because this is going to be a, a published episode. It's going to be really Oh, weird yeah, wonky, as we mentioned but... in the beginning, <laughs> you all will be hearing this. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. so Shane Saul, do the thing. Yep. Uh, our role for humanity is going out to... Remind me, to uh, one, please. It's going to be somewhere weird. Uh, we're going to do it out of Maybe. order. Because it's gonna publish out of order. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, what month does this air in? Uh, well, I thought this came out next week. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, just do abled <laughs> gamers, which is gonna be July, because we've already done like we had already planned a different setup. Um, you, you wait, hold on a second. All right, so you're telling me this episode is coming out next week. Is that correct? I thought that's what yes, it was coming Monday the 23rd. May. Monday, May 23rd. Yes. Oh. Which would have been Child's Play Charity. So that's what I'm going to do, is for this episode of this Q&A, I'm going to go ahead and roll 4d20s. Play, 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 play. For, for the month of May, because we didn't get our, because we had like the finale and there wasn't time. I'm going to do all four rolls right now. Child's Play Charity. Well, that'll cover all the intros, and yeah, yeah, I love it. Roll a 19 for the first one. Wow, okay. Ooh, very nice. 16 for the second one. That is a 2 for number 3. And the last one, number 4. That is a 12. 12. 49. 49! We can make that number grow by you rolling at your table. It's May. If there was ever a time to join us in our roles for humanity, it's May. Men Max Mankind. It's what started it all way back in the distant year before the plagues, before all the stuff that happened, when life is simple and you just <laughs> ate Pepperidge Farm cookies and oh, everything was chill. So good. <laughs> You could bring those times back. Sorry, I just got lost. Every time, lost me every, <laughs> every time you roll a d20 and donate the amount that you roll, you can bring those times back in your heart. Do it. But what about Pepperidge Farm cookies? I don't want those just in my heart. I want those in your in my mouth. mouth. Uh, Did we say this on a different episode? I feel like I have a deja vu right now. If we didn't, just just talk just talk to me after the episode, and I'll get you all your uh, stuff. Okay, thanks, bud. All right, Dwayne, are you doing a quote or nah? What? No. No. This isn't my campaign. This is oh. your last time. I'm so weird. Your very it's own. It's called a crossover. The last nerds. ever good news. Do it. It's, a ver- it's the last ever <laughs> no, good right. news story. What a cheap shot. You're like, 
Oh, they do that thing. <laughs> I want to make it I'm your not. problem. That's, that's the last ever good news story. Do it. <sighs> that's kind of bittersweet, guys, because I did right not. Now, so. Yeah, I didn't do it. So give me a second here. All right, good news story. I just go straight. If you didn't know, I just go to goodnewsnetwork.org and pick the best hmm. picture. Cool. All right. <laughs> Maybe when I do my campaign, I'll just tell you the picture. And you have to find the article. <laughs> it's a mini game. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> for for uh, C5? 7. Oh. Mr. C5, I'm going to leave, like, hidden notes and clues that you have to, like, assemble and decode and put through, like, a decoder system and it comes out and it's, like, a website you go to that I have. That's what rednecks like, call my wife decoder you idiots all right here's the that's a good dad joke well, yeah there's a lot of things you have to know you know my wife's name anyways the good news story for the final time thank you everyone for this opportunity adjoining cottages once home to both a man and his clever beloved bull go up for auction say it again Adjoining cottages, once home to both a man and his clever, beloved bull, go up for auction. Avon, tell us how sweet that is. I mean, not going up for auction. Obviously, it's a man and his minotaur boyfriend that had the place. (laughs) I feel like you've jumped your role in this thing. (laughs) That's good. You're welcome. I mean, it's sweet and cute. They they were a happy couple and they lived forever and they finally died and now it's going off to other people to own these adjoining cottages. The bull's name is Scrunch, by the way. Carry on. That's a a good name. Next NPC, Minotaur. Uh, Scrunch. (laughs) Hey, everybody, I'm Scrunch. (laughs) That's what I got out of that. What up, y'all? It's scrunching time. Oh no, I see you, Brad. I'm the top. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's cute. That this is an uplifting story. This just reminds me that this this man and his bull can't afford their homes because prices are just going up. And you know what? This person is dehomed, and these two adjoining shacks that he probably purchased 20 years ago for 30k in fucking North Dakota or wherever the fuck this is. <laughs> Two million. Two million and half an acre. Because that's the prices we have right now. And they, this, they're just trying to sugarcoat this fucking real estate poison pill. <laughs> it's missing half a roof. Also. I've seen... I've seen Worse go for more in California real The estate. land that it's on is gorgeous. House falling apart. Shane, what do you have? Zebra said that's the skylight. <laughs> the hell? What is a minotaur? Let us talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it's a half bull, it's a half man, but why do we call it the Minotaur? Well, that's because of an old king named Minos hanging about uh, the Aegean Sea uh, in Greece. And he liked to build mazes. What are mazes known for? Getting lost in twists, turns. And you keep your left hand on the wall, according to Alex Doring. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you can't get do. lost. <laughs> you can't. You can't ever get lost. Uh, however, you can walk directly to a pit of snakes. <laughs> you you can run into a sphinx who has riddles for you that you do not know the answer to. And the riddles aren't like any riddle you've ever heard before. They kind of just sound like mean, true statements about <laughs> your past. Like, you never lived up to your father's expectations. Is that a riddle? <laughs> like, I, I, they're, they're, ended, they're ended with inflection. You never <laughs> lived up to your father's, father's expectations? expectations? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, uh... Is this a riddle or just hurtful? You never were we what he wanted you to be. You must answer My rhyming three. three. <laughs> Tell me the worst three ways you disappointed your father. I was born. I was Jack. born. I, I didn't die. And I outlived him. <laughs> okay, those were pretty bad, but I need to but top true, three. So. Try again. And then you need to say it all in Elvish. Hold on, I have oh, your yeah, mother here. <laughs> but don't. Yeah, have but, if a you plan. Have, but if you have any intent to answer when you answer, it doesn't count. <laughs> I have to have a puzzle that sucks really bad, or it has like something that we can joke on. Because like I love that we go, oh, it's an Elvish, or oh, don't have a fucking plan. So C four, we're gonna have something that's frustrating. You gotta have, you gotta have a really rough puzzle time. I'm gonna do it. I can't wait. I'll figure it out. I'll just make anyway, a puzzle without an answer. The point is, bulls, uh, although bovine in nature uh, and wildly or uh, expressly Dude, domesticated, <laughs> expressly domesticated, uh, widely domesticated is what I was trying to say. Uh, they are not uh, as good of a cash crop as sheep or. <laughs> there mm. it is. We thank you and good. Thank you and good night. <laughs> All right. We love That's you. That's it. We love you. Signing we off from C three. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.